For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Use the code word REBEL for a discount on pillows, sheets, pet beds, and everything else at MyPillow.com. What is happening? It's Monday. It's still morning. <laughs> Barely morning. Monday morning quick take. It's Rebel Parenting. I'm Ryan Dobson. Hope you're doing well. Today's sponsor is BattleFlagsUS.com. Check out my sweet flag. Man, it's so cool. So cool. I got to take better photos of that because it is amazing. And Covenant Eyes. CovenantEyes.com. Code word Rebel for a free month. Get the porn out of your home. Those are our sponsors. Thank you so much to BattleFlagsUS.com. Man, I am stoked on that flag. They make those. You can do the. You can get all kinds of custom stuff on your flag too. Uh, I was thinking about. I had a dream about it. Like if your kid has a sports number, you get your number done in it. He does uh, blue line flags, green line flags, uh, Colorado State uh, flags, all kinds of good stuff. So check out BattleFlagsUS.com. Just got home. I was in California. Uh, I'll talk about that in a second. I am now four weeks and one day, no sugar, no grain. I'm down 10 pounds. It's about two and a half pounds a week. In fact, it's exactly two and a half pounds a week. Uh, I almost um, cheated on Saturday, but I decided not to. Almost cheated on Saturday. Decided not to. Went to uh, our friend's house we went hunting with to turn our antelope into hamburger or the hamburger meat into hamburger. And uh, they had real Mexican Cokes. And I definitely wanted a Mexican Coke super bad. Um, and I decided not to. So uh, there's that. I'm down 10 pounds. I'm down to 170. So that's uh, that's nice. It is. Um Everyone keeps asking, like I was at my family's last night. I was at my parents' house last night for my sister's birthday. And she's like, you're not going to have cake? You're not going to have ice cream cake with us? Are you kidding? For real? You're not going to do it? And I'm like, no, I haven't had sugar in four weeks. I'm not going to start now because it's someone's birthday. I didn't do it for Laura's birthday. I'm not going to do it for Lincoln's birthday. Um, I, uh, I'm i just not going to do it. And she's like, well, after the six weeks, are you going to go back to it? And I'm like, probably not. I mean, I might have something every now and then. Uh, I miss pasta so much. I dreamt about mac and cheese last night. Uh, but um, I won't go back for sure. Um, it's, uh, I think it would be too hard. Um, William's watching online. No, for hamburger, I just, we didn't do sausage. I just did hamburger. So uh, no, I just did plain. I'll do, I season it when I decide what I'm going to make. So I'm going to make tacos. I'll do taco seasoning if I'm going to do uh, something else. I'll do other seasoning, but I just ground it, just ground it up. It was great. Lucy was all into it. She was super into it, helped grind everything, helped grind all the antelope that we had. Uh, my friend Caroline shot one too the next day. Um, so we did all of that and then we vacuum sealed it with my vacuum sealer, had a ton of fun. Um, so I was in, let's see, uh, down 10 pounds, no sugar, no grain. Uh, oh, CrossFit Open just started. So 20.1 just uh, was announced. And uh, the first workout for the qualifiers is 10 rounds for time of eight ground to overhead 
at 95 for men, 65 for women. So um, you can do uh, a clean and jerk or power snatch, whatever it is, but from the ground to overhead, straight lockout. Uh, eight of those and 10 bar over burpees. There's 10 rounds of that. So you end up doing 80 ground to overheads and 100 bar over burpees. Yikes. I'm not looking forward to that workout. I'll be doing it, but I'm not looking forward to it. And I won't be doing it with 95. I'm just not there yet. So um, went to California. I was there super quick trip uh, for a pregnancy resource center. Man, just had the best time. I mean, the best time. Uh, probably 500 people. Um, Northern San Diego County. Uh, I was on fire. Like, I don't mean that pridefully, but I just was, I was... I was geared up for it and there were a bunch of politicians and the hosts at uh, my table and the, the director uh, and uh, the MC. And so I just kind of, <laughs> I was a little bit not lit in the bad way, but on fire lit. Uh, and I got back and one of the politicians turned to me and she goes, uh, Hey, next time, could you just show a little more energy? And I'm like, I know I'm kind of tired tonight. Cause I was uh, for sure on fire uh, but I had so much fun, met so many people afterwards. What a great time. What an honor um, to do that. And I got to meet one of my heroes. I got to go to the Adam Corolla podcast studio and his uh, race car garage uh, warehouse, not gar- well, garage and warehouse, and meet Adam Corolla. Um, and um, I got totally starstruck and completely nervous. It almost never happens. Uh, it's happened twice in the last like four or five years. It happened with Jocko Willink over the phone. I got really intimidated when he answered the phone because he just sounds so intimidating. And I had all kinds of questions for Jocko because I know so much about his life. I didn't ask any of them. I stuck straight to the interview questions and I get to, got to ask none of the things I wanted to. And at, so I show up and he's not there and no one quite knows who I am or why I'm there. Um, and uh, so I met one of his assistants and he's like, oh, you can hang out in my office. And I went into his office. I got to tell you, if you don't know Adam Carolla, he has the Guinness Book of World Records for the most downloaded podcasts. Um, one of the, he's been doing it for a little over 10 years. So one of the original guys, um, I've been doing it for 15 years, but anyway, he is far more successful than I in this game. Uh, but there was a giant whiteboard in his assistant's office showing the projects they're working on. I got to tell you, if you want to see the hustle if you want to see the grind, I really wanted to take a photo of it, but I felt like it would be a bit of an invasion of privacy, uh, not to show people, but just to remind myself, that's what a hustler looks like. Uh, he's not just doing the podcast. He had about eight or nine documentary movies he's working on right now. He's already done The Racing Life of Steve McQueen. Um, that's about Steve McQueen's racing life. And The 24-Hour War, which is what the movie Ford v. Ferrari is based off of. Um, and there was about eight or nine other documentaries he's working on currently, concurrently at the same time. Uh, when we went into his garage, he's got, um, a Briari Dotson that he's building right now. It's one of, I think five in existence and he's building it right now. Uh, he bought a new warehouse. They're cleaning this warehouse, moving the cars into the new warehouse. But the prod, the number of projects he was working on was astounding. One person working on that many things at the same time concurrently. That was a big surprise to me. Um, So it was a little obvious I was forced into his schedule. He showed up. I could tell he was busy. He's got no idea who I am 
or why I'm there. It's just someone was like, hey, I need you to take, you know, 10 minutes to meet this guy. And he was like, whatever. I was supposed to go my first day. Right when I flew in, I was supposed to go straight to the studio. Uh, that got canceled. So I was down in Corona Del Mar, drove hour and a half up to L.A. to a studio, hung out for about a half hour, then drove another hour and a half back. Um, but I, I got crazy nervous. I really did. I got super nervous. And I actually told him, I said, I'm more nervous doing this than I was meeting the president when I met George Bush. I had way more to say to George Bush than I did to add. I had all these things that I want to talk about, ask him about, um, find out about, uh, tell him stories about certain things. When I was in college, I was on a late night Christian radio show. Oh, I can see the logo in my head. I can't remember what it was called, but it was a call-in show. And uh, my parents were living in Colorado. My grandparents lived in an area where they'd be able to uh, listen to it. So my mom told my grandma, he's on 106.3. You can tune in late at night. So my grandma stayed up late. Uh, what my grandma didn't know, and we, well, I knew, but I just didn't realize what was going on. Um, Adam used to be on a program called Love Line with Dr. Drew Pinsky, and uh, it was like a uh, self-help uh, call-in show where uh, people would call in and talk about their problems, mostly sexual, so it was, it was super uh, risque and blue a lot of the times. That was playing on 106.7. And this little tiny Christian station I was on was 106.3, low-grade antenna. 106.7 is K-Rock. Uh, um, he's working on a K-Rock documentary because they launched the, the careers of so many bands. Uh, but he was on K-Rock at the time, and my 87-year-old grandma turned into Loveline and thought I was Adam Carolla. And nobody knew this until my mom called my grandma the next day to ask what she thought. And my grandma chewed my mom a new one. She chewed her out and yelled and screamed and said, how dare I? And I can't believe your son talks this way. And didn't you raise him to be better? My mom's got no idea what she's talking about. Calls me and was like, what did you talk about? And I'm like, ah, it was, you know, kind of light night. Not that many calls came in, just a few blah, blah, blahs. She's like, your grandma was livid. She was talking about you or... You know, blah, blah, blah. It, I finally figured out what happened. She turned into the wrong station, which I think is hilarious. Um, didn't get to tell Adam that story. Um, we went all around his studio. I forgot to take any photos of his race cars uh, or all the rad memorabilia that was there. I forgot to take pictures in his garage. I barely took pictures with Adam and Gina and Brian as co-hosts because he suggested it. And I was like, oh, my goodness, if I left here with no photos, I would die. Um, but I did, we sat down at a table and I asked him, there was a, a situation in the past and, and I'm going to get to why I'm talking about this, um, where two guys he works for, uh, kind of blew up on air at him and acted inappropriately in my estimation. Um, he had these two employees, Dylan and Gabe, they share an office and he's been asking them to clean their office for months on end and they weren't doing it. So he came in over the weekend on his own with another assistant and they completely cleaned these two guys office. And then on Monday he was making fun of them on air and one of the guys got mad and stormed out and went to the other studio and the other guy got on air and was like, well, if you think I'm such a blah, 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 blah. Why don't you just fire me then? Um, and I said, hey, uh, I don't want to bring up a sore subject, but did Gabe and Dylan quit? Like, did that happen? And he's like, oh, no, I fired him. And I was like, oh, my goodness. 
And he told me this interesting thing, and I want to talk to parents about this. So if you've got kids, there is this thing with only some millennials. You know, I was talking to my dad about it last night, and he's like, that's millennials through and through. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's only some of them. I'm from Generation X, and it was called the slacker generation. Well, I'm not a slacker. I was insulted by that moniker. Uh, I worked my rear off all the time. Were some Gen Xers slackers? Sure, but I don't think the whole generation was that. And when you really label an entire group of people, it's just kind of off-putting. And so I do think there is two sides of millennials. You've got the people that watch Gary V and they're on the grind and they're on the hustle and they're uh, yard sailing and flipping and going to Ross and Marshall's and finding out what's selling on Amazon and flipping it on Amazon and flipping it on eBay and really working their tails off. And they're the CrossFitters and they're the Spartan racers and they're the keto eaters and the one meal a days or the intermittent fasting or the no sugar, no grains. You've got that side of millennialism and you've got the side... Uh, I had someone working for me in the past who kept a running document on her computer of things maybe she's offended by that she could use if she had to quit in a huff and wanted to sue the organization. Um, one, Not one of, hands down the best writer I've ever worked with. I've never worked with a better writer in my whole life. Uh, her writing was head and shoulders better than people that have been doing this for a decade and a half. I I promise you, so much better. Just brilliant, brilliant talent. It could have gone, I mean, a million places with that kind of talent. Could have done a million things with that kind of talent uh, and quit in a huff uh, and then went and washed dishes at a resort in town. And then the last time I saw her, she was... uh, checking people in at the at the de- at the front desk and i just thought what a waste of talent what a waste of talent you have you are more talented than anyone i've ever worked with in this department you could have done a million things uh, but you didn't understand the chain of command or who is authority in your life and that's what adam was talking about uh, he said these guys just think he's a rich guy that they're on equal ground with him and he, and you know you're not You're not with your boss. Your boss shouldn't regularly think negative things about you if it's your fault. You should work to correct that. If your boss is asking you to clean your office over and over and over again, hey, bro, get your rear and gear and clean your office and then go vacuum the rest of the office and maybe clean someone else's office so that there's a positive thought about you in the boss's mind. Oh, hey, that kid's a go-getter. And he's talked about this before. Um, They were on the set of a movie and in the background, there was a porta potty about eight feet in shot. And the director of the movie and he ran over when someone said it was in the shot to push it out of the way. And there are two assistants sitting there watching them do it. Guess who's not going to get the next promotion? Those two assistants. Uh, but they did talk about what was this? There was some kid who would go and get lunch. Uh, That was his job during the day, getting lunch for everybody, running errands, things like that. After lunch, he would pass out little flossers, the little plaque flossers with a little toothpick and the floss piece on it. You pass it out to everybody there. That kid got a promotion. They didn't even know his name. They go, oh, hey, when it's time to promote somebody, uh, they were talking about who to promote. And everybody was like, oh, flosser kid. The kid that passes out, going a little bit above and beyond. That's what you want to do when you work for anybody. doesn't matter what age you are. Uh, but especially when you're young and in you're in your first job. By the way, when you're in your first jobs, if you behave this way, you will rise to the top faster because your boss won't be used to people behaving that way. Show up early. Don't show up on time. Show up early. 
Go the extra mile. Stay a little bit late. Clean up trash around you. Pick up your office on a regular basis. Be organized. Have a pad and paper, uh, a pad of paper in your pocket and something to write with and write down the instructions you're given so you don't forget it. Go above and beyond. That will put you in the cream of the crop. You'll get promoted faster because of it. Um, Adam said uh, his nephew is working for him. And he goes, we sat at this table for two and a half hours. And I said, you're 19. Uh, if you will put your nose to the grindstone, your first jobs are going to be going and getting lunch and fetching things and running errands and doing that kind of stuff. Is it glamorous? No. But in the blink of an eye, you're going to be 26. And by that time, you will have rise, risen up the ranks. You'll be producing movies. You'll be a PA. You'll be a showrunner. You will have a successful career that you can uh, that you can parlay into lots of other things. Your friends are going to be going to college. They're going to have a ton of college debt. When they're 26, they're going to be in their first jobs. You will have been, been at this for seven years, and you're going to rise up the ranks. If you do a good job, you're really going to do well here. Two and a half weeks in, he asked his assistant, how's my nephew doing? And the assistant said, if he wasn't your nephew, we'd have fired him already. And he's like, what? Why? And he's like, well, he doesn't show up half the time, and the rest of the time he shows up late. And he's like, it's only been two and a half weeks. How's he showing up only half the time? Literally only showing up half the time. Guess what? He got fired. Oh, no, he quit. He quit uh, because he was, uh, Adam, um, uh, kind of gave it to him and was like, hey man, I will fire you. Get your act together. I will fire you. And he wrote and said it was an unsafe work environment and he felt it was hostile. Um, it's just ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. Uh, so we were walking. He said, where are you parked? I said, on the street. Uh, and he said, hey, if you want to walk with me, I got to go back to the studio and record a podcast. I got a heart out here. And I was like, absolutely. I'm dying to meet Gina and Brian anyway. I'm huge fans. I follow them like crazy. Um, and uh I said, do you think there's any hope for the future? I don't really know if there's a hope for the future. I watch his documentary that he did with Dennis Prager called No Safe Spaces, and you look at college campuses, and it's a terrifying thing to watch college campuses today. It's really scary to see what's going on on college campuses. And he goes, yes, I think we've turned a corner. And he cited uh, the comedy specials by Dave Chappelle and Bill Burr. Uh, I've seen them. They're super blue. If that's not your, your style, definitely don't watch them. But they're very, very non-politically correct. Uh, Chappelle's is called Sticks and Stones. I think Bill Burr is called Paper Tiger, which is very interesting. Paper Tiger, that's an interesting name after Sticks and Stones for sure. But they go hard in the paint, unpolitically incorrect. I mean, they were they were not politically correct like crazy throughout. They went after every subject. Well, if you've heard me talk about this in the past, Rotten Tomatoes, the movie ranking and rating website, they're... Uh, professional critics gave it a 13 out of 100. That's for sure rotten. A 13 out of 100. They said, skip this one. It's not funny. It's not politically correct. He's really, you know, terrible. You shouldn't listen to this. It's what's wrong in America today. Blah, 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 blah. The audience score scored at a 99 out of 100. Uh, and he said he knew uh, the former owner uh, and director of Rotten Tomatoes, and he said, this is the way things are going. And the guy would argue with him all the time, and he's like, You're, you, you can't have a site be successful if your critics are so far away from the audience score. The audience is what you look at. Do people like this movie, um, or do the critics like it? And uh, the critics are woke and politically correct, and they're giving super high scores to woke, politically correct movies and not to the Bill Burrs and the Dave Chappelles. Uh, but he said it starts with the comedians. The comedians are just like, we've had it. We're not taking it anymore. We push the envelope because that's our job. We're going to keep pushing the envelope. And you can't tell us what to do. 
Uh, and I thought that was pretty interesting. I really thought that was pretty interesting. So teach your kids there is a chain of command, there is authority, and how they should behave around it. We aren't all equal. If my cardiologist tells me the ventricles in my heart are getting clogged with plaque and I've got to behave and act a certain way and eat certain things and work out a certain way, I don't get to say, well, I disagree. Uh, no one cares what I think. I'm not a cardiologist. I didn't go to med school for that. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, you listen to the expert. You listen to your boss. You do what your boss tells you to do, and you do a good job, and you show up early, and you stay a little bit late, and you go above and beyond, and that's how you get promoted. You don't treat everyone exactly the same. You just don't do it. Uh, it doesn't work that way. It's a meritocracy. Meritocracy in capitalism is what we need. Um, I was talking to my parents about this last night, uh, and I was talking to kids at the camp about this. If you've got kids late in high school, if you can afford college, if you can afford to pay for their college, and it's not going to set you back and it's not a big deal, then maybe that's a good choice. If your kid is pursuing a degree that requires a college certificate, requires a degree, okay. If they don't need it, my goodness, I don't know if that's a good investment anymore. I mean, the college debt scheme, it's indentured servitude to the U.S. government. Uh, it's the most collectible debt. Uh, you can't get out from under it. You can't bankruptcy your way out of it. Uh, it sticks with you for the rest of your life. And I would really caution people against college if you don't 100% need it. You're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to be a teacher, and you definitely need that, then I guess if you don't need it, I don't think it's worth it. I was talking to my parents about it last night. My sister was like, well, college rounds you out. It, it, it uh, introduces you to lots of different subjects. I'm like, I don't think it does. It didn't for me. It really didn't. It didn't for me. It didn't introduce me to this wide variety of, of uh, general ed requirements uh, that broadened my horizons. Uh, it really just made me miserable. And today, most public colleges are filled with garbage, not filled with subjects that round you out as a human being. Um, interesting. Uh, my kid's school is looking at implementing Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University to, I think, junior high and high school. And I am really going to commend uh, and praise them for that. I want to figure out if there's something I can do for them if they do that. I think advanced math for kids is almost always a waste of time. Almost no kid is going to use uh, advanced algebra, algebra of any kind, let alone advanced algebra. Algebra, advanced algebra, calculus, uh, trig, um, any of those subjects, almost none of them are going to use that later in life. Some will, and for that few percentage that do, then take higher education math courses. But for the mass majority, every one of them is going to get a loan or a credit card or a home loan or a car loan or a mortgage um, or a personal loan, and they need to understand uh, finances. They need to understand uh, what the federal income tax is and withhold tax and interest rates and default payments and balloon payments and all the different facets of mortgages and home loans and car loans and things like that. All kids are going to need that. That's what you should be teaching. And so the fact that my kid's school is, is going to implement or trying to implement Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University, that is fantastic. Our, 